Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another fine edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, New England's own Van Helsink, and with me, oh, no bombshell. She, uh, she is on her way to the hospital. I think they took her because she's fainting at the sight of blood. I don't know. Her husband cut her his finger, and so she's being the good... Nightingale and taking them in. Whatever. It's Valentine's Day. I guess we'll deal with that. Anyways, I do have a great show, but before I get into it, today's show, like always, is brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts. And, you know, with Valentine's Day coming up, sometimes that Valentine you thought was the Valentine, the sweetheart of your life, and it doesn't work out. Well, if that's the case, Go see Gallant Messier Family Law Group on 4 High Street in Suite 155 in North Andover, Massachusetts. And, well, if you do work out and you've got to get yourself a new house, why not go to the Meeting Place Mortgage Company? That's on uh, 25 Indian Rock Road, Suite 17 in Wyndham, New Hampshire. And I, they'll hit you up with a mortgage so you can get your dream house and live happily ever after. So, joining me now, all the way in tomorrow, right, is one of the most outstanding members of the paranormal community. He is a member of the SPR, the Ghost Club of London, the founder of Parascience, the Wall Street Journal's Ghost Inn and Ghost Hunting, the author of Paracoustics, Ghostology, and the Field Notes. He is Professor Steve Parsons. Not quite, Professor. Hello again. What do you need to be a professor? Um, a big hat. I mean, is it's professor? <laughs> no, is it I, just profession, or you do have to get out of the? I mean, I don't. No, I think it's just. You get a degree it, of professing? No, um, no. Uh, as far as I'm aware, or certainly in the UK, uh, being a professor is an appointed position. It's an academic position. It's not a. Um, you don't have a, you know, you don't do extra exams like a professor. You get your PhD and then. So there's that's no it. tests. No, I don't think there's a test. I think, you know, I think it's just a, a job promotion, like supervisor or uh, corporal or sergeant or lieutenant. More money than oh, probably the other four seconds they work at the college. There's certainly more money than ghost dancers. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> I had a. Every, I had a laugh. I was listening to uh, the uh, EEI, uh, the sports channel here in Boston, uh, you know, because I, I love football and I love listening to all the talk about it. And I love my Patriots. But uh, they had a, uh, a psychic on to try to find out if Tom, Tom Petty is going to be with the Tom Brady is going to be with the uh, Patriots next year or not. <laughs> and it was the most. Wasted my time I've ever had. Well, I see gray. I see cowboys and Indians. I see it's like, what the hell? 
could have asked that octopus in Germany. That was uh, he predicted the World Cup, didn't he? Yeah. Well, you could ask. Uh, you know, how about the? Uh... I know who to ask. I know who'd know. Lou, Lou Blassie. How would he know? He's knows everything to do with sport, doesn't he? Oh, I guess. Well, if you didn't say, he, didn't he? Isn't he a sports commentator? Yeah, he has a. a, a it's a baseball show. Well, there we are. It's close. Baseball, yeah. football. Big difference. Cricket. I don't understand that game cricket. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I tried can. so hard. <laughs> there are no rules. It just two teams go on. What the team that's in is out, and the team that's out is in. I know it's crazy. It drives yeah, me nuts. and then yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you a, know, I, I had. Uh, do you remember Ross Bartlett? Ross Bartlett, the uh, yes, yes, the psychic from. Uh, UK. He was the tattooed. The tattooed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was pretty happy. He was nice. He was good to me. But uh, he spent. Uh, we we were driving somewhere, and he spent uh, all the time in the car trying to explain the the rules to me. <laughs> and I I thought I had it, but no, I totally lost it. Uh, anyway. Yes. Yeah, oh. Completely impenetrable. I guess so. So, anyways, we're here to talk about ghosts and yeah. Ghosts. We're going to start off with a correction. Really. Yeah. I, okay. It's not the London Ghost Club. No, no, I said the Ghost Club of London. It's not the Ghost Club of London. It is it's the Ghost just, Club. It is not. It is just the Ghost Club. Yeah. It, it has never been... Of, no, it's never been of anywhere. It's I never... give it the old London connotation to point out that it is in London. Uh, at the moment, it hasn't... Uh, it could be anywhere. Um, it's, it most certainly isn't the Ghost Club of London. There are lots of regional, there are lots of re- uh, regional groups who uh, append Ghost Club to their titles, but that must not be, conf- but that should never be confused with the Ghost Club. Uh. Period. No, right. no, no, they'll get very, they get very cross if you, because I mean there are those, there's, there's the Pembrokeshire Ghost Club, there's. Yeah, but others. The ghost club, but, they, but they've got nothing to do with the ghost club. Exactly. That's why I said the ghost club of London. Yeah, well, just like the, the ghost the, club would do. I wanted to make it perfectly clear that's the one I was talking about. Well, it would be like saying the president of Washington. We do. We say the president of the United States. Yeah, but you don't say the president of Washington. We could if he was. <laughs> well. It's just the plain old The Ghost Club. Right, whatever. I am a member of that, you know. Well, that's well, you I'm should like, know. That's I'm, like, I'm like one of us, anyways, least pays to, so that's all I can say. How do you mean? You don't. There are more than one way of... Uh, <laughs> you don't pay dues. Pardon? You don't pay dues. For which? The Ghost Club. Uh, I have an honor, an honorary, an honorarium. You don't pay dues. That's what I said. I have an honorarium. Uh, it's not important. <laughs> I made a you, statement. You tried to tell me it was false, and it wasn't. I didn't paid. say it was false. Oh, lazy bum. <laughs> I didn't say it was false. I, I, it's, I, yeah. Well, I mean, I work for it. It's not there just a, it's not just a title. They keep oh. me busy. Okay, whatever. I just made a statement today. One of us. There we are. There we are. You, you didn't pay for the iguana. I never pay for the iguana. <laughs> Anyways, 
we do have a, a couple of things I, I do want to start talking about. That, that this all brought about after, for those who don't know, Steve Parson is my co-host for Ghost Chronicles International, which is here on uh, Tojanet and Parax Radio every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or 8 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time or whatever the hell it is. And... Uh, yeah. So anyways, after the last week's show, uh, I, I started thinking about, you know, we have so many groups out there and, you know, you think we would have, I don't know, you think to be, I, 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 I just drives me, I was trying to think, you know, I look back in the early days of Ghost and when, when it was really around and the spiritualist movement was on the rise and there were so many people out there, you know, the, the SPR is around from 18, what, Steve? 1882. That, the, that Ghost Club is? Well, the Ghost Club uh, existed roughly. from 18, 1862. Yeah. So, I mean, they've both been around for years and years. They're still here. You know, they do research. You had great guys like, you know, uh, Harry Price and and these uh, the National Psychical Laboratory, if I got that right. You know how I mangled names. Did I get that right? No. <laughs> the but, National Laboratory for Psychical Research. Yeah. Actually, had nothing, that had nothing to do with the Society for Psychical Research. No, no, no because, I didn't say that. I just no, said I know I you didn't. Give it examples I mean, of other stuff Harry's, that was... Harry's membership of the SPR uh, didn't last a tremendous length of time. Yeah. I was just saying that these are some of the groups that are around. And you had the work of, like, Thomas Glenn Hamilton in Canada. And and I, I was trying to think of who the hell we had here in the States. And I know that there was an American SPI. I know very little around it, and, and nobody can get a hold of anybody from it nowadays. And uh, there was the Ryan Institute, uh was don't let Lloyd Auerbach let it ever yeah, know, still there. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, we had Hans Holzer. Uh, that's all I could think of. If anybody who was, and and Hans wasn't really doing any research, was he? He was just kind of going around investigating things for his own edification, right? Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I mean I'm trying to. Well, where, 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 where should we start then? I mean, what, what, what is actually? First of all, let's frame the question. What is the question? Is it? Is it? Uh, are you asking about the history of psychical research? This side, that side, uh, notable people. Uh, all of it, really. I, all I, of I it. More about the beginnings. Who started the SPR? Well, actually, they Why? did. Um, well, uh, funnily enough, the SPR and the Ghost Club have a normal, a, a, a kind of a common lineage uh, that predates both of them. Um, this was the Ghost Society of Cambridge, which was kicking around from around about the 1820s, 1830s. Uh, so even before spiritualism, um, there was, they had a, a, a the, the Cambridge University also had a Ghost Society um all of this seemed to take place at Trinity College, Cambridge, amongst a bunch of scholars there. And um, many of them then went on to develop the society, uh, the Society for Psychical Research, which was formally founded in 1882, although... Um, in between times, this group of uh, people had already started investigating psychic claims through the 1860s and 1870s. 
Um, and that was that that was both sides of the Atlantic. Uh, you have William Crooks in England, uh, and Robert Hare, the chemist uh, over in the USA. Um, and that was you know, that was taking place before even the SPR and before well the Ghost Club claims to exist from 1862. Um, so it really starts more or less both sides of the Atlantic and in Europe at about the same time with the rise of spiritualism right. and the desire um, from academics to try and understand this new craze that was sweeping across. So it was more in response to spiritualism than it was for actually paranormal investigating. Well, no, actually, no. There is a there is a movement much, much, much earlier. Um, that through the 17th century, Daniel Defoe, the author of, of uh, most notably oh, yeah. Treasure Island, right. uh, wrote a long expose on, on it, uh, on, on the study of phantoms and apparitions, particularly haunted houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was also... Um, uh, there was the uh, you know, I can't remember his blasted name right. again. That's right. But there was there, there were other researchers in the seventeenth and sixteenth uh, seventeenth century uh, working on ghosts and hauntings. You have Ted Worth, you have the drummer, uh, the Mon Pemberton oh, yeah. case, yeah. Uh, all of which were reported and examined by men of uh, learning and education. So the idea that that these two societies, the ASPR in America and the SPR in, in Britain, suddenly popped up and, and it all starts from there, are actually really very erroneous because by then the study of ghosts and haunted houses was already centuries old, if not millennia, because you've also got cases of investigations taking place in China, Greece, uh, Roman, uh, the Roman period, um, but if we consider the modern the modern era, then I suppose with the demise of the ASPR. Or, so was the the SPR really because of spiritual? As was, other were they more investigating the cycle? Yeah, psychic. I can't even say, psychic. Oh, pfft, psychic uh, phenomena versus the uh, ghostly phenomena. Uh, well, actually, they, they gave themselves a, a very broad canvas um, to simply study the faculties of man that could not be put into normal uh, or not covered by normal explanations. And they had different society, different committees within the society. Um, you had committees that looked after mesmerism and thought transference. And there was a, an apparitions and haunts committee which recorded accounts of unexplained noises and phantoms uh, in houses that were said to be haunted. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, you, they they looked at physical phenomena in the seance room. They, they worked and tested mediums, um, both sides of the Atlantic and so across... What, what, what happens to all this? I mean, they have these committees, so they send out researchers and they investigate phenomena. What, what happens to the results of their, their uh, uh, work? It's 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 either published in the society's proceedings and journal, mm-hmm. which uh, the proceedings come out intermittently. The journal comes out four times a year. Yeah, um, and it, uh, obviously you can't you can't publish everything. Um, right. Uh, but the SPR maintains uh, an archive um, of all its 
a record of all its uh, activities going back to the day it was formed. Mm -hmm. uh, that's separate from the SPR library, um, which is like a lending library. Uh, it has a reference section, but it's like a lending library, and any member of the society can go along there and borrow books. Uh, but the SPR archive is actually stored over several different locations, but it's not stored. It, it, it's currently in Cambridge, I believe. It's still on uh, paper, too, I betcha. Uh, an awful lot of it is, yeah. Uh, they yeah. haven't microfilmed much of it. Um, although there is a move to... to um, in fact, they're still working through... I mean, there is such a vast quantity of and it's not just paper you've got recordings you've got photographs you've got jars containing stuff oh. uh, <laughs> you've got uh, equipment uh, some of the equipment that you've probably read about uh, like spider the uh, right. spontaneous paranormal incident data electronic recorder that was operating around in the 70s and 80s. You know what's interesting, Steve, on that one is, is and I think I've told you this before, but I had never heard of it, of course, until I, I, uh, I hooked up with you. But uh, when I first was recruited by the station to come on board, one of the owner's sons actually had a apparatus similar to Spider, which was uh, basically uh, a series of remote sensors and stuff that uh, came back with feeding, and I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. In fact, I believe it's still on the internet somewhere. You can look at some of the stuff, but uh, yeah, I mean that's you know that's the amazing stuff. All that cool stuff that the SBI did and the uh, the Ghost Club and and all these research. Well, the, the Ghost Club. Uh, just correction about the Ghost Club. The Ghost Club actually uh, was very late to the game of investigating. Oh, it was. Uh, what the Ghost Club really was about was more of a, a storytelling club, but not not as in not as in fictional uh, stories, but. It was an after-dinner speaking club, a gentleman's club, where people would meet and they would they would share stories of sort their of like visits the, to... The thing you were telling me, the, the Cabinet of Curiosity. Was, yeah, kind of, kind of also a cross between the Cabinet of Curiosities and Dining with the Dead. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, yeah. Where, they were, where they would share their experiences over a meal, um, regale them with, you know, oh, I stayed at such and such a manor house and we sat up all night with loaded shotguns and we... <laughs> uh, after, uh, I mean, the, the Ghost Club has gone through through several incarnations, although they claim lineage back to 1862. There have been a number of breaks um, in that in that line. Mm -hmm. um, and it was really once the, the Ghost Club was taken uh, taken over um, by Peter Underwood in the early 1960s. Previously, it had been under the control of Harry Price, but it had languished um, after his de after his demise. Oh, I was going to say, yeah. because he was quite an active researcher. I was wondering why he, he was, but, he, but you said after his death. So that yeah, uh, I mean, he, he ran the Ghost Club for a number of years, but he ran it very much in the traditional, uh, as a dining club, uh, okay. as a, as a, as a, you know, a, wasn't an investigation thing that they did. He didn't need to. He had the NLPR to do that for him. So, uh, with Peter Underwood, there was uh, it, there were some investigations that were conducted, but it was more more um, by Underwood and a select group 
from within the Ghost Club who were, you know, the top table. Um, but then in the, the sort of the last 10, 15, 20 years, they've become much more, um, like other groups, they, they have uh, a team of investigators who go out. They spend, you know, several, they, they organise trips to haunted locations several times a year, which they investigate. Um and like I mean, unlike the SBR now, the SBR I believe is different because I know that that you are a council member now, and mm-hmm. uh, if I have the right terminology, you do. And uh, you just organize the ghost hunting kits. So if the SBR gets a a call from someone, they send out a regional team. And so, so what happens with that? Do they, what happens? Do they go out? Do they, is it reported back to the the SBR council or? Well, the SPR works as I said before. It's divided up into into committees. Mm-hmm. So uh, if somebody were to phone up or email or however uh, they want to communicate the help, I've got a haunted house to the society. Uh, they would be that would be passed then to the Spontaneous Cases Committee, which is the new name for the old Committee on Haunted Houses. Mm. Uh, that is the committee that organises for somebody to go see them, to make contact with them, to talk to them, to find out what it is that they want and how they think that the society can be able to help them. Now, that could be that, yeah, I mean, that could be a huge range of, of possibilities there. Yeah, and not just phenomena, but also outcomes. You know, people want want rid of whatever it is. People want an exorcist. People want, you know, they want to know how much to charge for letting people around their haunted house. Uh, how do they get in touch with most haunted? Um, you know, all of these actually come up. You know, uh, I've got to go. I've got a haunted house. How much do you think I should charge? Um, uh, you know, I've Seriously? got a haunted. I've got a haunted house. I'd like to be on that television program. Uh, how do you know? Can you put me in touch with them? Uh, so you get from the genuine through to the, the and, and some you know downright bizarre. Uh, uh-huh. So what you would do, what 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 is done in the first instance is first of all, uh, somebody would ascertain what it is that the person uh, wants and how can we help them because you know if they want an exorcism performed or they want to appear on television then clearly that's beyond the remit of even the society for psychical research right. and we have to we have to you know, regretfully, yeah let them let them down gently uh, if if uh, assuming that they're reporting a phenomena some experience that we we or they believe that we can help with uh, then we would arrange um, meetings we would arrange uh, this is all very it's all very client led as well uh, so we wouldn't go barging in there with truckloads of you know vans with right. SPR on the side or anything because you know we don't know what these it, it's it, it's very difficult to give a, a very definitive answer because every situation is is so different but basically uh, you phone us, we find out what you want, we find out if we can help you, we discuss how that can take place, and then we see if we can all make it work with your permission and your consent. Mm-hmm. 
Then so, we will report back to the Spontaneous Cases Committee, who ultimately produce the report for the council. What, what about the the ones like, for instance, when you were involved? Uh, oh, what's that new one now? Uh, uh, the Conjuring one that uh, that was a Enfield. In fear, right. Now, they spent quite a bit of time there, right? Were they called in for that, or, or was that something the SPR uh, went to investigate on their own? No, the SPR, I, to the best of my knowledge, I think on only on one occasion have the SPR ever uh, found a case. Uh, the, the, they were contacted uh, through the newspapers. Um, the family at Enfield... Um, this is the Enfield Poltergeist, which right. was uh, the basis of the movie Conjuring, which had nothing, nothing even close to what really took place. Right. Uh, but nevertheless, you'd have to Google. It's such a long, a long case. You just Google the Enfield Poltergeist. Uh, but uh, the family living there, uh, first of all, contacted the police. Um, the police were baffled. The neighbours then contacted the papers seeking help. The newspaper went to the Society for Psychical Research. Uh, they appointed an investigator, Maurice Gross. Uh, he went along. He realized that something serious was taking place. Uh, he then went back and said, I need some additional help. He was joined by Guy Lyon Playfair. And they worked that case for the next uh, approximately a year. Right. Together with other investigators who came in from time to time, you know they 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 were there from like the Warrens. <laughs> well, almost everybody except the Warrens, <laughs> uh, but they they very much you know they they were the lead investigators and they produced. In fact, there is so much material from that case. Uh, bit that was generated by the investigation team that it's still being gone through today there are still boxes and folders of unopened material well, they were investigated for a year i imagine so but anyways yeah. we are coming up to the break now so we're going to have to uh take uh the break now so uh we could probably continue if you have anything else you want to say after the break anyways you're listening to ghost chronicles next generation i won't sit international uh with Ron Kolick and my special guest is Steve Parson right here on Tojanet and Pararex Radio. We'll be right back after the following messages. You have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, Get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello, hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the ghost box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now... Thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. 
The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, Mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Yeah, back. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host for the evening. Flying solo without the bomb show. And loving every minute of it. Oh, did I say that out loud? Anyways, joining me from the... Oh, wait a minute before I get that. Of course, tonight's show is brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts. And the Messier, uh, Glant Messier Family Law Group on 4 High Street, one Suite 155 in North Andover, Massachusetts, and Meeting House Mortgage on 25 Indian Rock Road, Suite 17, Wyndham, New Hampshire. And joining me now, way into tomorrow, which is, from she's coming from the future. Steve told me that one time, and I thought it was a great idea. He is the famous paranormal investigator, Mr. Steve Parsons. Yeah, I am in the future. It's uh, is that cool? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's tomorrow. It's Thursday, the thirteenth of February. Yeah, I love so, it. So, so so here. Yeah, I love 30, it. Thirty minutes into into the thirteenth of February. The day before the day before. The day before Valentine's Day. Mm. So that'll be a massacre. Yeah. You asked before about the uh, American side of things. I did. I did. You did. Um, and, of course, you know, d- don't feel bad over there. Don't feel hard done to, because you guys have got a long and very illustrious history. Uh, because the American Society of, of Psychical Research in your neck of the wood actually traces its origin to a visit um, by Sir William Barrett, who was one of the SPR founders, mm-hmm. a physicist, who came to visit Boston, Massachusetts in 1884. Ah. Uh, he'd already been influential organizing the SPR and he had hoped to repeat his success in the USA. He went to Boston to meet William James of Harvard who was, uh, James was a psychologist and a philosopher mm-hmm. who had shown an interest in the phenomena and they held the first organizing meeting for the ASPR it was held in September 1884 wow. um, a committee of nine people including uh, James, which I just mentioned William James Brother of the um, author, um, yeah, the horror horror author. Um, so yeah, so they had their first meeting in September eighteen eighty four. That was that was the organising meeting. The first public meeting of the new society was held in December of eighteen eighty four. And on and on and on they went. Um, Until they had no more. Well, for, for, from 1890 to 1906, um, I suppose the, they did consider themselves more as a branch of, so the American branch of the SPR. Right. Um, and that's so how you, you had close ties with them? 
They were incredibly close. In fact, it was considered uh, by both organisations to be the American uh, branch of the Society for Psychical Research. However, it, that changed in 1907 um, when it, the whole of the uh, ASPR up sticks and buggered off down to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially uh, oh, yeah, recre- recreated themselves. <laughs> Well, they they recreated it down there, um, down in New York, uh, where they still have their offices to this very day. Except no one's there. Except no one's there. And there are some some questions about whether anybody's got anything, you know, whether there's anything left. Um, I I, I thought that Steve, um, Karen O'Keefe, and uh, who's the uh, rock star parapsychologist, uh, what the hell is his name? Uh, you probably telephone think calls from the dead. Yeah, uh, you think of the Cal again? Cal, yeah, yeah. Doctor Callum Cooper. Doctor Callum Cooper and and I think Karen. I thought they both went there to review some of the the archives. Uh, I don't know if they, they I know for certain it. Cal has. I I'm not that sure that Kieran has. Okay, all right. Uh, so, but I know that Cal Cal also started an online petition uh, re- relating to the activity, the recent activities of the sale of the ASPR uh, premises, uh, because there have been some nefarious goings on, or I don't know, nefarious is probably a strong word. It might get me sued. Uh, ah, whatever. Ah, whatever. Yeah. Something. The something. Something smells. Mm. So, That's a shame. Yeah, but no, the two societies, um, you know. Both but sides I mean, of the even Atlantic. nowadays, Steve. I mean, you got you got Doctor Cal Cooper. You now have Doctor Ant Whitsper who's doing work and EVPs, and you have yourself who's not quite a doctor, but uh, almost a doctor. And <laughs> yeah, but they keep on at me to finish my PhD. Yeah. <laughs> but other people that that tend, you know, they're doing more studies. I mean, we have the chocolatier. Uh, Lloyd Harbach, mm-hmm. uh, and and, and it, I'm very hard to press for another outstanding parapsychologist, other than maybe that guy that remember we had on the show one time. With, he did the Golden Girl and case. Well, you're not short of parapsychologists. Uh, We're not. Oh, well, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Anybody can get a parapsychologist. Well, uh, go online and you, what you're short of is parapsychologists with an interest in spontaneous cases. Well, why don't we short of parapsychologists with degrees? No, you're certainly not short of parasite. In fact, uh, a lot of, there are. I mean, the uh, your side of the Atlantis probably got more parapsychologists than our side. Um, yeah. uh, but the Rhine, and that's it. Well, no, you haven't just got the Rhine. You've also got the uh, Parapsychological Association, the Parapsychological Parapsychology Foundation. Both have their um, headquarters in the United States of America. Um, the Rhine is uh, the Rhine Research Center, uh, which is in, down at Duke, New, uh, North Carolina. Probably our most famous. Uh, which was founded in the early 1930s mm-hmm. by J.P. Rhine, who was a botanist um, and not a psychologist. But, uh, yeah, you, you've certainly, what, you're, what you are short of is parapsychologists, those with psychology or qualifications who study uh, parano- uh, spontaneous cases, the ghosts, the hauntings. Lloyd Auerbach is your most prominent, well-known and distinguished 
uh, active parapsychologist. Okay. But there are others. You know, you've got uh, Bill Roll, you've got James Horan. Uh, Horan's up down in New York, not very far down from you. I can't remember where Bill Roll is. Um, who've looked at poltergeist phenomena, but within a very control. Uh, you know, uh, so. I think was it who uh, Roll and uh, I can't remember the name of the who did the what became the uh, entity case. Oh, so yeah, yeah, they they examined that one. Um, so yeah, you're not. You're, unfortunately, um, why, why isn't there a more striving to you know? I mean. Uh, I can't even remember his name. Cal is is young, and yeah. he's going on and to do a lot of work on it, and uh-huh. sitting in a bathtub. And uh, you yeah. know, uh, Anne is fairly young, and uh, like you for saying that. What's that? Like you for saying that. Okay, there you go. And uh, you know, we all our young people seem to be interested in following these TV parapsychologists. <laughs> loosely term I guess it's not just young people the the vast majority of the population follow those TV things because realistically they and this we we could get into a rant here so we've got to be careful but it's because it's really because they know no better because we consume you know we consume our uh, media now via the social media via the television you know even even programs I was watching uh, the resurgence of the ghost hunters uh, the taps one, uh, because they're just just about to launch season two, isn't it now? Um, of the new relaunched Ghost Hunters. Okay. Um, and I was looking at the figures, and the way it's breaking down is most people are consuming it later via YouTube or via streaming right. rather than when it's being aired. Pretty now, much like you, the show. The show. Yeah, is if you remember when so. when Most Haunted first hit the hit, hit the screens in two thousand and two. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have streaming um, right. to the same extent, and so people would tune in week after week, and you would end up with this cult television program. Mm-hmm. But now, anybody can make their own TV show, um, and people are not sitting down watching television together or at a set time. They're they're grabbing it on their devices and consuming it later in their lunch breaks uh, on the on the commute to and from work in the evening, in bed, in the morning. So the, the whole way we consume it is changing, and there are many, many uh, teams that are exploiting that now. So whereas um, the mainstream broadcasters are still showing The Ghost Hunters, season one, episode premiere, um, which is 9 p.m. you know Eastern and whatever it is somewhere yep. else, and... People aren't watching it like that anymore, so the viewing figures are crashing. <laughs> yeah, you can get them on demand, and they're getting them all on yeah. demand now. Yeah, um, and so the the actual uh, the small teams are ahead of the curve because they're not using these. You know, you've got to tune in at nine o'clock on a Thursday to see the season premiere or the season finale, or that that that. They are literally sort of just feeding the on-demand market, so they're they're, they're getting ahead of the TV co- uh, companies, the media, and, the main media companies. So, I mean, do you think it's partly the 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 fault of the SPR, the Ghost Club, uh, Ryan, in that they're really not 
promote them this often, what they do. I mean, if perhaps if people knew more about uh, what they do and, 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 and about research and studying and, and trying to put your results out for peer review and stuff, we'd, we'd have more people involved in that type of work? I think I think you, the, the very strong case can be made for the likes of uh, responsibility to be laid at the door of not just the SPR but also parapsychology, the academics, um, mm-hmm. because they don't engage. There's been a consistent failure to engage with this huge. Uh, I say huge. There's there's about twelve thousand, twelve to fifteen thousand here in the UK. Um, about two hundred thousand ish in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who regularly go out looking for ghosts in haunted places. Uh, now, there's been no, in- despite this sort of ongoing interest, you don't see uh, any real engagement, no real outreach, no real desire by the academic mainstream within parapsychology, psychology, um, anomalous psychology, and all these other ologies that they call themselves. Yeah. Um, instead, they, they, they tend to have withdrawn into their ivory towers of academia, uh, except when there's, you know, a few dollars to be made for a sceptical quote on a television program. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, it's... Uh, it is very much a failure on be- to give this alternative message. Now, it's it going to be incredibly difficult to claw that ground back yeah. because the, the I said you know you've got to undo possibly fifteen years of uh, being you know the uh, bad message being sent mm-hmm. out. And if you look at the movie, look at that Enfield movie, The Conjuring 2 movie. Yeah. Uh, it seriously misrepresented the Society for Psychical Research uh, to the point where a lot of people considered the society to be, and they were portrayed to be, ineffectual, useless, bumbling uh, academics who didn't know what they were doing until, oh, until the Warrens came in and said, stand aside, I'm an American, and I'm going to sort this out. Yeah. And then open it, yeah. They rode um, up on their horse, right? They rode up on, yeah. Um, you know, and, and saved the day, which, you know, we're very grateful for. You've done it twice before, albeit just at the last minute, but... Uh, yeah, and you couldn't have more misrepresented reality. You know... If, if, but the SPL did nothing about it. Exactly. And I therein mean, I, lies the problem. I, the problem? I, I, I saw a, 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 a... I've discussed this with you before. I saw a... Uh, a, a really... A movie that never really made it. Red Lights, which with Scarney Weaver. Mm-hmm. And that whole opening part of it... The rest of most of the movies, yeah. But the, the whole opening part, to me, in, in the college and everything else, was intriguing. And... and I said that there should be places like that here in the United States where, where people can go and do research and, and bring it up for, for review and stuff. And, and you know, if, if say, for instance, uh, a group out the SSGs, you know, I'd really love to do some some research. Uh, I, I want to investigate this house. Okay, I've got a house that is supposedly haunted, and the owners aren't going to rent it out to make 
money from the paranormal community. So I'm allowed to study this for as long as I want. So I go in there and I study it and I, I collect all kinds of data and I collect everything else. And then what the hell are they to do with it? You know what I mean? It, where does it well, go? That's, well, that's, that's the problem. That's always, well, it's not the problem. It's, it's always been the problem. It's been the problem since the earliest days. Fortunately, uh, the SPR, the American counterpart, do have the facilities to archive the material that involves them. And, and in fact, anybody else, if you want to send their, their information to the SPR, will, it will be archived. Um, but it's like so much of, of uh, human experience in, in lots and lots of other areas. So where do we... Where do we put it all? Um, right. you know, we generate so much information every day uh, as we go through through our you know our life. You think how many? Uh, looking back through the the sort of the uh, the shoe boxes in the back of uh, wardrobes from our grandparents, right. letters, postcards, mm -hmm. photographs. Now we we're not leaving you say this we're generating so much stuff we're actual fact we're probably generating not nearly enough stuff i think that you know it's been said before that we are in danger of becoming a lost generation because when all of our stuff is on computer disks it's on the cloud it's esoteric bits and binary codes and uh, it'll get deleted and so we're along the line and you won't have that box at the back of the wardrobe with f faded photographs of our generation that our great-grandchildren can look at and go, who's that funny-looking man wearing the Ghostbuster T-shirt? So let me ask you, <coughs> excuse me, Steve. Uh, so let me ask you this, as you are a council member of the SPR. So mm -hmm. if, if someone is a member of the SPR says, I want to uh, I want to do some research on uh, let me see uh, a particular haunting maybe uh, a, a wa say water sprout where where water's involved what do they call them there's a word for that but whatever just could they go through the cases of the SPR and find similar cases like that and and start doing conclusions or are they investigating a water case can they go back and see the, the archives and see what those other cases uh their conclusions were uh for a similar case yes you can um because the archive is searchable um it may not all be accessible but it's certainly searchable so yes you can you can use that resource um you can look back through previous cases perhaps not 100 percent of them yet but you can certainly use the, re the archive um you can also which a lot of people don't realize is if your uh your research is in some way sort of uh, groundbreaking worthy you need you can apply for a research grant uh from the society and hmm. the society will actually fund your research now that might uh, you know, I don't recall one in recent years. It's been for haunting, or uh, but no, nevertheless, not just you. You don't just have the archive and the resources, but you also have backup. Um, you know, if if you need to, uh, if you need to pay for research, if you need to pay for some some something. Uh, to, to help progress the case, then there is a research grant uh, that you can apply for. 
Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, that's that's limited. You have to go to a, a committee. The committee decide on whether it's whether, in their opinion, it's worthwhile. Um, but often, you know, uh, small small amounts. Lots of researchers do get help and uh, from the SPR. So um, it's not just it's not just the archive that's of use. You've got so the library it- as well. If you did a case, say you had a case and you spent uh-huh. time, uh, you know, not two hours a night. <laughs> if you spent some, some serious time investigating this particular case and, and you put your evidence together and, and uh-huh. you put a, a paper together on it or, or whatever, could you submit that? Yes, submit it. Submit it to the SPR or, or another place where it could go under review and, and yeah. uh, commented on? You have, uh, you have a number of options available. Um, the most formal would be the journal, uh, the Journal for the Society of Psychical Research, which is fully peer-reviewed. And you, 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 you would submit it, an editorial panel would review it, then they would send it out to uh, different specialists um, who, they can, they, who can peer-review it. Mm-hmm. Um, they will make comments and any changes as are required will be, you know, they'll be sent back to the author and blah, 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 blah. And eventually, yes, it will be published. So, all um, right, let's, let's alternatively, say... there's a, there is a, another method you can get published without the peer review process being quite so rigorous. There is an editorial review, um, and that's pa- the Paranormal Review, which is the, the uh, magazine of the SPR. Mm-hmm. Which also carries uh, sort of case reports. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's intriguing. And, and would you? I mean, if for instance, if you submitted a, a case, say you're working on a case, you go in there, you send it out peer peer review, and and they review whatever you're doing, and uh, they say, well, you know, this wasn't this, uh, uh, you know, certain things. Or would they, if they had to ask questions on it, like, well, what was the safeguards in this particular incident and so forth? Is there a back and forth where where you're able to answer it, or is it just you've submitted it? That's too bad, and this is our results on on that. Oh no, 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 no! The review process is a back and forth. Oh, it is um, back and forth. Oh yeah, um, you are you are given the opportunity to. Um, respond to any criticisms or make any amendments or alterations. Perhaps you've written something wrong, perhaps you've forgotten to put some information in or make a point clearly. Um, or oh, they perhaps need additional or, information? Or they need additional information. If, if one of the reviewers is looking at it going, you know, well, yeah, I need to see the figures behind this conclusion or how did you reach that? You know. So is this constantly going on now? Yes, I, in fact, I have a report submitted to the journal currently going through the review process. So what are some of the cases or some of the reports that are being uh, submitted? What are they? And, uh... Uh, fairly, fairly run-of-the-mill stuff. Uh, the one that I just recently submitted to um, for publication uh, it's going through the review process as we speak. Um, it involves a family um, living in a normal house who believed that they had a poltergeist that was writing on the walls. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got to be careful about what I can say. Okay. Uh, yeah, ul- ul- ultimately, it turned out not to be a poltergeist. It turned out to be um, a small a small child. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
but it was actually the nature of the case, the unusual sort of uh, aspects of it, yeah. the unusual circumstances, because ordinarily, of course, you, the investigation process can be quite long and drawn out, mm-hmm. and you have to listen to what the what the, the witnesses, the clients are telling you, and here they were absolutely adamant that um, their, their, their precious child was not involved. Um, so the process of uh, started off of get, speaking to them, ascertaining what they wanted, and getting them to keep a diary. Um, as part of that, I had to drop off a diary because um, whilst there, I had a cup of tea, um, and while sitting drinking a cup of tea, small child entered into the kitchen behind mum and started drawing on the wall. I said, I, I think we might have found the problem. Um, as the mum turned around, the child immediately burst into tears and said it wasn't me. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's not often that you, you encounter uh, a case where the explanation literally happens within two, three minutes of an investigator arriving on site. It's all gone quiet. That's never a good sign. Now I don't know whether I'm talking to myself or whether he's gone, I've gone, or uh, something's happened. Can somebody... Is is Ron still on? Or is his microphone broken? Anyway, so... uh, (laughs) Shows it's on. Oh, well, there we are. There's there's the the two-minute bell. We, We started off without the blonde bombshell. Um, because she was on a mercy dash to hospital, uh, nothing hopefully too too significant. Uh, Hobby's cut his finger, and uh, we were left with the guest becoming the guest for, and now the guest becoming the host. But luckily, the guest is also the co-host for the yeah. Uh, for Ghost Chronicles International, although this is actually Ghost Chronicles The Next Generation, it's you're listening live at five to one in the morning of 13th of February. And no, your clock's not wrong, it's because I'm in the United Kingdom and I have a five hour head start on you. So if you want the lottery numbers doing, how many more seconds have I got to keep going till we get to the end of this? Two, one minute, one minute. Um, So, yeah, you've been listening to the Ghost Chronicles of the Next Generation um, with your host who's disappeared, New England's own Van Helsing, and uh, the guest, me, the gold standard in ghost hunting, stuck out here in a very rainy, very stormy, as you can probably hear outside, West Wales, where currently the wind is raging at 70 miles an hour and the rain is going horizontal into the window. And I think we're about done in 30 seconds, so we can have a bit more tunes and I can go to bed then. And uh, bid you all a fond good night. And Ron, if you're still listening... You owe me one for this. Fifteen. Fourteen. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Five, four, three. Can you hear me? Yeah, we've yeah, gone. Tunes. Oh, no. <laughs> can you hear me now, Steve? I can hear you perfectly, but the show's over. Oh, on. for God's sakes. <laughs> what happened? 
I have no clue. My headset just went blank on me. <laughs> in all fairness, though, I did step on the wire. Oh, well, that will probably do it. Yeah. I tried to get it back, and I couldn't figure out what the hell I did, but yeah, it's fucked up. I'm sorry about that. So well, thank you very much. It's all right. Okay, was here. I, I do appreciate that. Oh, that was so bizarre. Never mind. You want to have a listen to that? That'll be one to play back in future episodes. Yeah. The yep. one where the guest became the co-host and then became the host. Yeah, how's that, huh? <laughs> From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good luck. <laughs>